welcome to talc teaching and learning consultation skills this is the talc talks podcast helping everyone who sees patients to improve their consultation skills to get better outcomes and this approach can even increase your job satisfaction this podcast is part of the module called talc effective methods for teaching consultation skills It concerns the chapter which is called Should We Jump In at the Deep End? Experiential Learning for Listening Skills. When a patient says, thank you for listening to me, the clinician gets the most gratifying of feedback. Yet few clinicians stop to reflect much on what listening really means or what happens if we hear but we don't listen. This chapter considers the issues around exploring listening using experiential methods. And there are further examinations of the subject of listening skills in the module TALC Skills for Effective Information Gathering. Experiential methods are the most powerful ways to explore consultation skills in general and listening skills in particular. Participants learn by doing and learn by experiencing things for themselves. Experiential teaching methods have three components, all of which are essential for effective learning. And these stages are the setup, the experience and the debriefing afterwards. The setup includes explaining the task or experience clearly to participants so that they also appreciate the educational purpose of the experience they're about to have. Educators who are meticulous about their setup will get much more engagement from participants who in turn will get much more out of the experience. Compare these two introductions to a setup. Listening is important and well, don't all grown at once, but we are going to try and do a bit of a role play about listening skills. Note the words well grown, try, a bit of, which all undermine the value of what's being offered. How about introducing it like this? Listening deeply to a patient is a crucial skill and we all love it when patients say thank you for listening. We're going to do some tasks now which will help us experience and understand listening fully from our own point of view and that of a patient. Note the positive language here and how the benefits of the task are described. The task must be clearly described together with the details of how it will start and what will signal the end of the experience. This separates the experience bit of the learning from the process of the group as a whole. This clear boundary makes for more effective reflection afterwards and reduces the uncertainty or threat that some experiential learning can entail. So after the setup, you do the experience with a clear start and stop. The debriefing afterwards is arguably the most powerful part of the whole process. Participants are invited to analyse what happened to them and to consider what the experience means. Did something work well? What was it like to be on the receiving end of inadequate skills? How could this experience illuminate what happens in ordinary work situations? How can this learning be applied now? Experiential learning enables skills practice in safe learning environments where no patients can be harmed and gives us all an opportunity to experience things from different points of view. This encourages empathy and it also engages every participant in the group so there are no passive bystanders. All these factors increase engagement with learning and maintain high levels of energy within the group. I'm going to describe an experiential method to explore the nature of active and passive listening skills, including what happens when we hear but we don't listen. Many clinicians who are new to learning about consultation skills get confused about the nature of passive and active listening. 
sometimes non-verbal skills such as using appropriate body language, nodding or staying silent or going mmm are referred to as active listening skills. In fact those skills are about passive listening and they can be very effectively practiced even when one's mind is far away. If you watch any adolescent listening to a lecture from their parents or a smoker who doesn't really want to quit listening to a clinician urging them to do so and you'll see passive listening skills as a fine art. But is any real listening going on there though? Active listening on the other hand requires the listener to hear, to understand and feed back what they've heard to the speaker. Only then will the speaker really know that they've been heard properly. The active listening skill set includes a number of sub-skills which include things like echoing, for example, painful at night is it? Or reflecting back, you've been bothered a lot by this pain. Or paraphrasing, in other words, the pain is so bad it's affecting everything. Or summarising, overall you're now wondering about surgery because the pain has affected pretty much every part of your life. We can also use interpreting skills. It sounds like the pain has made you feel quite vulnerable at times. The key aspect here is that after active listening, the feedback to the speaker is not generic, which could be said to anybody, uh, oh, that sounds bad, but is specific to what that particular patient or speaker has been expressing. Oh, this has interfered a lot with your studies. In the experiential method described here, everyone gets a chance to have their own personal experience of not being listened to, being listened to in a passive way, and finally, being listened to actively. So this is how to do it. We need to have preparation for this. And there need to be three sets of cards. The group is going to be divided into pairs. So you need enough copies of each card so that each pair can have a copy. So if there are 30 people in the group, that's 15 pairs. You'll need 15 copies of each card. The first card will read, do not speak. Do not move away. Do not listen to what the other person is saying. The second card will read, listen to the other person, but do not speak at all. The third card will read, listen to the other person without asking any questions, but use active listening skills such as reflecting back, echoing, paraphrasing or summarising to feedback what they're saying and use phrases like go on. Now initially, Invite the group to divide into pairs, arranging their chairs so that they sit opposite each other and as far away as possible from other people. Use the whole space. This position is important. The exercise doesn't work so well if people sit next to each other or look over, at their, over their shoulder at someone behind them and so on. Take a minute to get this part of the setup correct. When everyone is in place, explain that the first task is that one member of each pair will talk to the other on a subject chosen by the educator. Suitable subjects should be ones that everyone can talk about without difficulty. So it could be something like, describe the features of your current training placement, or describe all the members of the senior management team in your practice. Then give one member of each pair a card, explaining that this is the instruction for them alone and must not be shared with their partner. The first card to be given will say, do not speak, do not listen, do not move away, do not listen to what the other person is saying. Then ask the speaker to begin speaking about their subject and allow three to five minutes. 
Stop the exercise early if the room goes quiet sooner than expected, it nearly always does, or if participants start laughing, or if you can hear them stopping talking about the subject, you need to walk round and be aware of what's happening in the group. Then ask the pairs to swap roles, exchanging the card and the speaking and listening roles. Again, allow the same approach, three to five minutes, stopping if it goes very quiet. The first debriefing should follow immediately. Ask the listeners, what did it feel like not to listen? And ask the speakers, what did it feel like not to be listened to? During this debrief, it can be helpful to think about what thoughts people had, what went through their minds. This addresses the cognitive aspects of the communication. Also ask about feelings. What did it feel like? And this addresses the emotional aspects. Typically, when people were speaking but not being listened to, the effect of not being listened to is people think what they say is no good or that their partner's not really interested or that it's a waste of time to speak. They may feel frustrated, which is another word for angry. They may feel inadequate, boring, uninteresting, useless or insignificant. Use your best facilitation skills, including phrases like go on, anything else, can you elaborate, to draw out the widest range of responses and name the feelings accurately. Then ask the listeners to describe what they experienced in similar terms. You'll often find there are surprising similarities. Explore these thoroughly with the group. When do patients expect express these kinds of feelings in consultations? Communication involves both thinking and feeling. The list of emotions that were experienced are often what patients feel like when they're not listened to. Does some of the anger and frustration we encounter come from this? Explore the experiences of participants who are listening without listening. Emotions are powerful and when we're not really listening, the emotions of our speakers transmit themselves through to us. So when we're coping with that and also feeling that we're not doing our listening job properly, the non-listener can develop feelings of disturbance as well. If we don't recognise this, this emotional turmoil can use a lot of energy and it can contribute to us feeling drained at the end of the day. Truly, effective listening is less tiring, which is a big bonus, isn't it? Never use this method alone. Always combine this not being listened to exercise with opportunities to be listened to properly. Otherwise, the bruising experience of being not listened to can overwhelm the learning. It might not seem that this method will work if people have done it before or when you repeat it by the pair swapping roles. In fact, although slightly less intense, the emotions and thoughts are similar, even if participants know exactly what's going to happen. This reinforces the effectiveness of learning by practical experience with time to reflect and discuss things immediately afterwards. Then do the passive listening exercise. Choose a different subject, for example, describe what your last holiday was like or what your first clinic in general practice was like. And do the exercise using the second card for the listener. The listener's instruction this time is to listen without speaking at all. Again, allow three to five minutes, swapping roles to allow both parties to take the speaking and listening roles. Debrief this experience again. Encourage reflection on thoughts and feelings and comparing them to the findings in the first exercise. How easy is it to keep talking if the other person simply listens? Not that easy, actually. 
How long do uninterrupted patients typically talk if the clinician simply listens without saying anything? Usually it's hard to keep going. Link this to the start of the consultation. A few patients will talk for more than 60 to 90 seconds uninterrupted, but very few. Most people stop before that. How did the relationship between speaker and listener feel when the two types of listening were compared? Finally, do an active listening exercise. Change the subject for the speaker again and give the listener the third card. Again, use an easy to talk about subject, such as my last holiday or um, describe the area I live in. The third card should say, listen to the other person without asking any questions. Use phrases like go on to encourage them and use reflecting back, echoing, paraphrasing or summarising skills. Allow three to five minutes and then change roles so that every participant has the experience of being listened to with active listening skills. Then do a further debriefing. What did it feel like when active listening skills were being used? How did the speaker know that they'd been heard properly? Was it easy to continue if somebody said go on, for example, or if they echoed back or reflected what you've said without asking any questions? What active listening skills could they identify? It often helps to think in terms of encouraging skills like go on, responding skills, that part of your job sounds exhausting, and summarising or paraphrasing skills like overall everyone made you feel welcome then. Ask participants to really identify the difference between passive and active listening. How do you know that the other person is listening to you? What was it like to listen without having to ask any questions? How did your mind feel? One of the key problems for clinicians is that when listening, they may only use half their mind. The other half is trying to decide what question to ask next. This actually makes listening less effective and some of the content of what is being heard is often lost. Paradoxically, simply listening and not trying to think too hard is easier and usually yields far more information. This exercise could be made even better if participants bring a suitable consultation skills textbook along so that they can look up all the active listening skills. The resource will remind the educator of any skills that might have been forgotten about and reinforces to the learners that they need to obtain and read a good consultation skills textbook. The chapter which is called, Is it cheating to look things up? covers how to use this in a bit more detail. Finally, it's good to reflect on how we use passive listening skills in consultations, often near the beginning, and ask participants to try using specific active listening skills throughout the consultation, not just when gathering information. Active listening is just as important during examinations and is absolutely vital during the explanation and planning part of the consultation. This approach to developing listening skills uses the experiential method and it's a very powerful way of getting everybody to think more carefully about what listening and hearing really mean. This podcast was brought to you by NHS Professional Educators, making training available to all.